Welcome to the weekly edition of Beyond the Title, where we get to know the person behind the strategy, the story, and yes, the brand. Joining us every week are senior professionals across the globe. So amazing that we just have to know who they are. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Title by Insider, where we go beyond the title with remarkable leaders uh, to get to know them better, to get to know them personally, and of course, to get to know the person before the professional. Joining us today, the 1st of October, amazing uh, podcast we've got today, but also the month ahead. It is International Girls uh, Week in Month by UNESCO. So starting off the International Girls Month is Melissa Yavinen from uh, Matrix Marketer. Hi, welcome, Melissa. Great to be here. Thank you for the invitation, Steve. Uh, it is great to have you. It is great to have you. Now, we've got an amazing interview with you to get to know you and be on the title. But I want to ask you about that lovely Buddha's uh, sculpture or art behind you. Uh, it's amazing. What's the story behind that? Well. Actually, it's quite an interesting story. Um, I had a very, very dear friend who used to live in Dubai. Um, and when she left, uh, she gave it to me as a gift. And I've always kind of liked the ancient um, uh, Eastern philosophies. So it's my Buddha. He's a resting Buddha. And uh, I like to keep him there. Keeps me calm. Awesomeness, awesomeness. It's also a very pensive Buddha. He's in meditation, I believe, yeah. uh, behind you awesomeness now of course we start so, sorry go ahead no i wasn't going to say anything i was just agreeing and yes the best way to start the day is with a good meditation as well so true true uh, and also a great way to start the interview so because you're such a pensive good meditator and of course you've been reading a lot about uh, eastern philosophy what is your ikigai the reason you jump out of bed every morning I'm glad you asked that because this is something that's quite important to me. And I think what I strive for every day is that the first thought that I have when I wake up in the morning is one of pure joy, of excitement for the day ahead, looking forward to new adventures that come. Uh, and that takes a lot of practice because it's very easy to get stuck in our own heads. And uh, I make sure that I live each day the best way I can. Awesomeness. I will ask you a personal question on that. Do you need coffee to wake up and be joyful in the morning or are you a natural, you know, early morning person? Well, <laughs> I, for men, most of my life would say I was never a morning person. And then I got cats. And then the cats decided it's uh, <laughs> breakfast time while the sun is uh, not shining. So um, I've learned how to get up early in the morning. Um, oh, I used wow. to be an absolute coffee addict as well. I drank tons and tons of coffee, but I don't know. I don't need it anymore. So I, since I started meditating, uh, doing my yoga first thing in the morning, that's what I need to get out of bed um, and start my day. Awesome! Wow, uh, cats. How many cats do you have? You said plural, so I'm yes, curious. I have Dexter and Delilah, a ginger Tom, and a little rescue girl. And the two of them, uh, yeah, they keep me on my toes. <laughs> oh, cats are beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm an animal person, so regardless of the creature, I love animals. Yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've loved cats. They, are, they have personalities, very strong personalities. 
Very much so. And I don't know if anyone's ever had a ginger cat, but it's the first time I've had a ginger cat. And he likes to talk a lot <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning. So when Why he has something to say, <laughs> we all have to listen. <laughs> Speaking so, about strong personalities, mm-hmm. uh, if, if life were a movie, which, you know, in many cases I do believe it is, uh, what character would you play? Uh, very interesting question. I had to think about this quite a lot because I'm such a movie fan. I think I've watched every movie. I'm dying at the moment because there's no movie, mo- new movies coming out. So um, I have to then maybe think along the lines of what is one of my favorite topics. And I love history. So I'm a massive history buff. I read every history book I can from east to west. Um, But one of my favorite topics is uh, Tudor England, so Queen Elizabeth. And I think there have been a couple of really great movies that I watch over and over again. Um, And I admire her as a character. So it's a little bit um, autobiography or biographical, I should say. But just her as a person and as a woman, as a trailblazer, um, I find it fascinating. Connecting two of your uh, your likes over there, uh, I, I recently started watching Snowpiercer on Netflix. Uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, there is a very strong female lead in the movie. Uh, I, I forget the name of the actress, but uh, she plays the character of Melanie Cavill, uh, who is this misunderstood savior. Yeah. of humankind of the train uh so if you if you have a chance no, do do uh have have a watch it is a it's a very nice uh tv show again if you're running out of movies to watch <laughs> thank you <laughs> I'll definitely take a look because uh, <laughs> having uh, worked in the cinema industry for quite a while there's this growing of having strong female leads so if i look at the movies i was Considering this the other day, if I look at the movies I was watching as a child, which was Spaghetti Westerns, you could say, where there were just these strong male leads and James Bond and things like that, to see the tables turned and have women um, represented in a there much more uh, even playing field is quite a nice change in Hollywood. But, yeah, sometimes they overdo it. But, uh, yeah, everything should be <laughs> Okay, of course. But, you know, a good good thing that happened last year uh, was that they did bring the first female Doctor Who. I loved her character. Uh, Again, I forget names very easily, so do forgive me unless you're you're speaking at my events or you're speaking at BTZ. I I don't remember names of of actors very well, Uh, but she was played by a very powerful, very strong uh, female lead, and I, I loved what she brought to that character as well. Uh, again, I'm definitely going to take that out because I uh, um, I did watch Doctor Who uh, most of the seasons, but I think I was just the last, the season before she joined and I got oh, distracted. Right. So, yeah, thanks for the tip. <laughs> we'll do that. Awesome. Now, again, life is a hustle. Uh, and in mm-hmm. the hustle of things, you know, you, you've got so much going for you since you've started Matrix Marketer. So mm-hmm. which app allows you to be sane and structured in your day? Oh, sane and structured. Well, I can tell you about the app I'm having the most fun with at the moment. So I have uh, discovered Adobe Spark. And it's like 
being addicted to creating social content. I haven't published anything yet, so I'm building this body of content at the moment. It is so easy and so much fun that, and it can have it completely branded with your own colors. You can change your fonts, you can do anything you want, and it takes three seconds maybe, or maybe a minute. It's really, really easy, so I've absolutely fallen in love with that. Um, and then in terms of being organized and structured, um, you know, I'm old school. Uh, my uh, Microsoft uh, Outlook inbox I use to keep me uh, organized. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. If it's not a talk, it doesn't happen. So I have to keep all of my insanity in one place. If I use too many tools, um, I can get really lost. And I'm trying to I'm a huge fan of Google Calendar, so I completely get you. If it's not on the calendar, I, I am lost. My wife has to add things into my calendar. Otherwise, you know, weekends are, whoop, it, it's a day off, isn't it? You're not supposed to be going out somewhere. Uh, but, but is, 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 is Adobe Spark better than Hootsuite? Or is it like Hootsuite at all, or is it completely different? Completely different. Um, it okay. actually is just a creative studio to create okay. posts. So they have video animation, um, they have a photo library, you can import your own images. Um, and it is just so intuitive and easy to use. I haven't come across a tool so much fun. Um, and they have great templates that you can go in and 100% customize. It is really awesome. just a game changer for me. So yeah. Thank you, I, I, I will take a look. Hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, you know, going from the movie theme, and of course, because mm -hmm. you've, you've worked at Nova Cinemas before, um, I, I've watched uh, Back to the Future, uh, all three of them actually, in movie theaters. I loved the, loved the franchise, loved the, the movies. Uh, but if you could turn back time, if you could mm -hmm. go back to your first job, yes. what would you have done differently? Oh. So my first job was as a receptionist for a reinsurance company in Johannesburg. Nice. So when I left school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to secretarial college. So I'll have to rewind a little bit further back. <laughs> and if I had to redo, I would have pushed to go and do graphic design at university because I was an artist in high school. Um, and I – so – very strange combination. I was art and maths. So those were my two favorite subjects and the two subjects I performed at the most. So I'm a classic 50-50 brainer. So I have left and right hemisphere going in full tilt. So um, I would have loved to have pursued the art side of uh, um, my kind of inspiration more rather than landing up in reinsurance. It was all exciting at the time. And then a couple of years later, I landed in, in advertising agencies and never looked back. Awesome. Well, you know, again, I, I do uh, hold this also dear uh, to my heart. And many of our, our BT speakers have said this in the past. You know, if you are going to your first job, it is always nice to have uh, at least know who you could, you know, ask as a mentor to help um, you get some direction, some guidance. And yeah, yeah it is, you know, it's, it's amazing to, to go back in time and see yourself in that position. Say, yeah, if someone had given me that, that one spark of an idea. Yeah. Um, would have been to follow your passion and I think that uh, people have said over and over again if you're going to be doing something every day for the rest of your life 
make sure you love it. You know, I think, yeah. <laughs> I knock when I say that. I, I love what I do right now. So I've been doing events for the longest time. Uh, I get to create this amazing show with awesome people like yourself. Uh, and of course, in the best, best possible time uh, in our lives. And of course, hoping for the best possible the future so what is the biggest leadership challenge now that you know you've you've uh you've been working for a while now you've you've had so many different careers you've been looking at you know improving yourself uh what's the biggest challenge that you've faced in in during this current crisis well i think the, the biggest uh, challenge in this uh, crisis is keeping a positive mental attitude um, fear is a really big motivator um, and making sure that people feel safe and comfortable inside or outside of an extraordinary event. Um, the biggest challenge is that you need to step up and be the example, whereas you may, you may also be feeling those uh, uncertainties, but to find ways to get people to feel happy and positive. So one of the things I tried to introduce was a daily practice of gratitude. So I would um, meet with my team every day. Um, and at the end of the meeting, I would say, so what are we grateful for today? And they hated it at, to start. But I had to, I made them say something different, each, each one of them, so that they had to start thinking about what there is to be grateful for. So I think it's just trying to find little ways to find happiness, even in what seems to be the darkest hour. Nothing is ever that bad. Nothing is ever that bad. Exactly. We are amazingly resilient. Uh, we have withstood some crazy times before. I am certain that uh, we as, as, a, as human beings, as a race of, of uh, smart homo sapiens, will come out of this with a big smile and a lot of joy at the end of it. Nothing is ever that bad. And uh, to all those out there, you know, God bless. Take that, take that nice positive attitude forwards through Melissa to everyone's ears. Uh, what would you have changed, or what would you change permanently, or what do you see changes permanently in the movie industry? Because you've, you're from that industry as well. Mm. What's changed permanently? Um, it is a very steady industry. It's been the same for, you know, more than 100 years. Um, and I think that escapism that cinema offers won't change. I think having, uh, having the um, big screen experience, the sound, the popcorn, I think that sense of excitement at what's coming up, that won't change. Um, I think that there are a lot more people who prefer to stay home and watch television or watch films at home, but I think they're very selective about what to watch. So if you have a diehard fan of a specific genre, they're definitely going to go to the cinema. So it goes back to then making sure that you're talking to your segments in a really appropriate way. So I think what's changed is just making sure that you're having that one-to-one -one conversation as well, um, whereas before it was very much a mass medium. Awesome, awesome. Taking a step back and going a little bit more deeper into, you know, who you are, Melissa. I, I loved the, the picture we have on our creative that, that's been shared across. Um, I, I know there's a story, but, you know, where were you at that point? Where's that picture taken? Yeah, not my most flattering image, I must say. 
Um, I had just arrived in Kabul in Afghanistan and all the clothes I had brought were totally inappropriate. So I had to oh. go shopping in the local store because you have to wear shirts that cover your bum and your arms and you have to cover your, your, your face and hair as well. So, yes, so I was in Kabul and interesting story. Um, I had a friend who was doing empowerment uh, coaching for local Afghani men and women through one of the NGOs there. And she used to come into Dubai all the time. And one day I was saying, oh, where should we go on holiday? I really haven't been anywhere for a while. I want to go somewhere interesting. And she said, come visit me in Kabul. And I said, really? Go on holiday to Afghanistan in the middle of a war? This was 2014. Car bombs going north all sorts of things. So she said, no, it's absolutely fine. Um, I go, I, I work there permanently. Just come visit me. So I don't have any fear for anything. So I go where angels fear to tread. So I said, okay. Booked my 10-day holiday, trundled, uh, trundled off to the uh, embassy and got my uh, visa in my passport and started telling people I was going to Afghanistan. So fortunately, I had quite a few friends. I mean, in those days, there were a lot of uh, military people here in the UAE. So I had a lot of friends who were actually based in Kabul. So one of my friends connected me with a private security, um, you know, armed guards kind of setup. And the first time I got nervous was when I got off the plane and I was standing outside the airport and I was looking around me and going, Oh my gosh, what have I done? What have, where am I? And then some guy with full on combat gear comes up, Are you Melissa? And I'm going, Yeah. <laughs> and he takes me off into his armored car and drives me through the streets of Kabul. But having a start like that, it was one of the most interesting, enjoyable holidays I've ever had. So, I met fascinating people from around the world, people who were working in the, in the United Nations, uh, fashion designers who were there trying to source um, uh, fabrics from the local um, Afghani women who were making silks by hand. Um, I worked with, a, I actually landed up working on a project with an NGO there about gender polarization in the Afghani government. So I was helping them to um, kind of uh, reword their documents into, into English. They'd done all the research, so it was really just compiling stuff together. There was a, a kind of a, I don't know what you would call it, but a entertainment place where people would go. And there's this little, no, it was a swimming pool and a bar, basically. Oh, okay. and and a swimming pool and a bar. Yeah, in the garden house, yes. So you knock on this big metal door, a guy with a with a gun and full combat gear opens the door, you show your passport and your visa, you walk in, he closes the door, they check you out, they open the door on the other side, so you're going like under a bunker, and then you come up. And in Afghanistan, what's beautiful is the streets of barren, but behind every villa, there's this massive garden. So you walk into this amazing garden with a swimming pool. I still remember it was called Lacmosphere. And then you go and sit in the garden and you have a beer, you have something to eat, go for a swim. And this is what I would do in the afternoon. So I'd be working in the morning and do that in the afternoon. Um, and then, you know, just meeting interesting people, going to people's uh, villas in the evening and we were doing things like gambling. Shh, don't tell anyone. So we were play-play gambling. 
Um, it's only between the two of us. No one's, no one's hearing that. <laughs> but it was very interesting to meet people who were doing wonderful things there. I met amazing women. Um, and what else did I? Oh, Chicken Street. So Chicken Street is supposed to be the famous street for being kidnapped. Now, the lady I was with, we were staying in the Kabul Inn. And so the Kabul Inn was just a little hotel, which has subsequently been blown up from what I understand. Um, and we were staying there. We had a local guy who was driving us around the streets of Kabul. Um, and um, so uh, we go down to Chicken Street. And I bought two of the most amazing, so I'm really into crystals, rocks, meditation, stuff like that. So I bought the most amazing block of lapis lazuli and uh, quartz for almost next to nothing. So that was my uh, kind of highlight of the trip, my little shopping experience um, down uh, Chicken Street. But yeah, um, guns everywhere, uh, military, uh, very interesting. Awesomeness. Now, I'm going to try and keep this down to the next two minutes because, again, mm -hmm. I, I know we, we are in business hours and I know you've got a packed day ahead of you. So what is the one weird fact about you? The one weird fact about me? Mm. And nobody else knows. Not about the gambling in Afghanistan. So, you know. <laughs> so maybe it's um i'm working with a channel to basically be a pillar of light if that's uh, um very strange so basically it's very deep meditation very positive um influence in the world um and to be able to raise the vibrational level of humanity to a very high and positive energy thank you melissa are you talking about beyond the title yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That is beautiful. And it's an amazing note to end on. Yes, please, for those who are watching us, please to take one very positive uh, attitude from Melissa. She is constantly smiling. I've never seen her not smiling, being vibrant, being this amazing joy to be around. Uh, and if you aren't doing it already, do sit for a meditation from time to time. Self-reflection does help. And do keep watching Beyond the Title. Thank you so much, Melissa, for starting off October with us. Have a great day, and I will speak to you soon. For all of you watching, we are on every Thursday, 10 a.m. CET, 4 p.m. Hong Kong time. So if you're available, please do tune in. And, of course, if you're interested in having someone else join BTT, do let us know. Have a good day.